I told myself that I actually was never going to do a startup again after after my first two. <laughs> Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm actor and activist Melissa Fitzgerald. This podcast will bring you into the lives of United States veterans and guide you along on their journey from private citizen to service to entrepreneur. You'll learn from these men and women how they handled the trials and tribulations of service and how they applied those same lessons to new ventures when they left the military and tried their hands at business. I hope these journeys inspire you to push yourself further, believe in your goals, and maybe find your own mission. Thank you to our friends at WeWork, Veterans in Residence, a WeWork and Bunker Labs partnership. Veterans in Residence is a highly selective six-month startup incubator and leadership program. It provides veteran and military family member entrepreneurs the community business support, and workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. Find your tribe. Create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans, or click on the link in the show notes. Also, thank you to our friends at Dell Small Business. Marissa's investors were sitting across the table from her looking for an update on the business. They knew Marissa's past, and they were well aware that she'd been through some tough times before in business. Selling your car to make payroll is never something you want to do. But Marissa had. And they knew that before they invested. Marissa took a deep breath and looked up, ready to deliver the news. This particular kind of pressure was new to Marissa. Many years earlier, after a hard push of encouragement from her grandfather, Marissa entered West Point with the goal of becoming an officer. She trained hard, graduated, and commissioned as an officer in the Army. Next, her unit was deployed to Iraq, where she was responsible for arming and refueling aircraft. Marissa was a platoon leader, and all of a sudden, she had eyes on her, expecting answers, guidance, discipline, support, and status reports on her missions. Marissa, despite her training, wasn't sure she was ready for this. She didn't know exactly what to say or how to act, and she didn't know what she didn't know. But she listened to her soldiers, and she became an effective leader. She learned what it meant to set expectations and manage a team, and she loved it. When the time came to decide whether to stay in the military or head out on a new path, Marissa had a choice to make. I fulfilled my goal of being a commander. Out of West Point, I didn't know if I wanted to stay or leave, but I just knew that I wanted to get to that point and then make the decision. And I was in my late 20s, and I think I just was wanting to know if I could uh, survive on the, on the other side and, and see what that's about. And I think ultimately it was just, you know, wanting to, wanting to try it out on the other side. But yeah, just like other veterans getting out, it was, 
that journey of exploring not only what you want to do, but like what is there to do out there. She wanted to be her own boss without a commanding officer and the entire United States government to answer to. She wanted to form and manage her own team. She wanted to come up with a product or service that people needed, but she questioned whether or not she was cut out for it. Ultimately, she decided to give life outside of the military a try. So she enrolled in a business school and earned an MBA. During her last semester, she started a business. She wasn't sure what to expect and she barely knew the market she was getting into. The first company was a dev shop, which managed software and web development for clients. And it was turbulent. It was chaotic as it is every company. Specifically though, I think more chaotic than now because you don't know what you don't know as far as the experience. We started a company in an industry we had no idea about. We just knew that we were really good. Uh, we had obviously leadership and project management skills that we learned from the military and, and West Point. Marissa and her co-founder knew next to nothing about the industry, and they decided to employ engineers overseas in the Philippines. The clients were rolling in, but the management of everything was stressful. Marissa was a bit overwhelmed. She wound up exiting the company to try something new. So she jumped into founding a product company with a few others. But the struggles continued. Money was tight, and in order to meet their payroll demands, Marissa was forced to sell her Jeep. She was near rock bottom when she exited that company. The dream of making it as an entrepreneur, of being your own boss and running your own show, wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And Marissa was discouraged. Maybe I'm not cut out for this after all, she thought. So she decided to go into the private sector and went to work for the Girl Scouts and later for Veterans Affairs. For the moment, she was happy and her future seemed secure. But that drive to create something, that desire to be an entrepreneur was too hard to ignore forever. So when an old friend approached Marissa with a problem in commercial real estate that he couldn't find a solution for, she said, why not build it ourselves? We kind of just started as a, okay, well, how do we get it to exist? And you know, how do we accelerate that essentially matching process with needs and wants? People don't even know how much they can afford where when they're starting the search, their searches. And, you know, we thought to ourselves, if we can make that more transparent to where getting them to where they know what they need, can we ultimately accelerate the process as a whole and, and be a, a bigger solution for this industry? What made Marissa Lim Sayako jump back into the world of entrepreneurship to start her next company, Tenavox? And who were the investors she was sitting across from at that table? We'll let her tell you the rest of the story after the break. WeWork and Dell want to help entrepreneurs reach their goals. No matter your technology needs, Dell Small Business Technology Advisors are ready to help with advice, dedicated one-on-one -on -one partnership, and tailored tech solutions like computers, servers, storage, plus thousands of top brand electronics accessories and software. 
To speak with an advisor today, call 877-BY-DELL. That's 877-BY-DELL. Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org, and we have on the other line, Marissa, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, Ian? Thanks for having me. So flash forward to today. Tell me a little bit about Tenavox and what you're building. The vision for Tenavox is to be the commercial real estate MLS for business owners. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the commercial real estate industry, it's about 20 years behind residential, believe it or not. There is no MLS. There is no Zillow. So as a business owner, it's very hard to find space. And what we do at Tenavox is we uh, accelerate that process by providing information and ways for you to uh, get to spaces that match your needs, like texting services, uh, for example, to, to get businesses into spaces so that they can more focus on their businesses and, and succeed. Was there anything that you learned from working with a bunch of different types of companies and watching them raise seed money and all that sort of stuff? I learned a lot. I learned a lot from the perspective of how to plan out the development of a product and the importance of establishing product market fit and testing and really understanding your customers, uh, as well as you know, managing expectations, like having a services company ultimately, uh, managing clients and their expectations and dealing with, you know, the inevitable bugs and issues that tend to come up in software development um, and managing those expectations with them. I, I learned a ton. How to manage an overseas team with people that you've never met and, you know, how do you get them to stay loyal to you and committed and execute. Was there any thought in your mind at this point, you know, like when you're leaving uh, the VA to take on your next role of creating what became Tenavox? I got back into it ultimately. And in real estate, I, I didn't mention that in grad school, I did an internship with a commercial real estate development firm out of uh, Alliance, Texas, out of, out of Fort Worth. So had exposure there. Uh, the second company that I started before I went on to Girl Scouts in the VA was a commercial real estate listing site. So I was able to kind of understand the foundational issues of the industry through that, as well as kind of the experience of looking for an office myself for, for my companies, the, the frustration in that. Tenavox came about when uh, an old high school friend who was in the industry tried to solve a problem on his end as an agent slash owner of commercial real estate um, in generating qualified lead gen, getting qualified leads in the industry uh, because it doesn't exist. Um, and we found, you know, the biggest issue, and I experienced this myself looking for office, was that there's just no information um, to even start the search. And, and, and so we did a lot of, while I was in the VA, we did a lot, um, you know, on the side of just exploring that problem and exploring what a solution could be by doing market research, uh, national surveys, interviewing um, pretty much every stakeholder in the industry until we found like, okay, this, the solution we were going after, you know, didn't exist. And uh, we wanted to, we wanted to be a part of that. 
So wait, were you doing this like nights and weekends? Like what was the, how are you working on it? Yeah, pretty much. It was, it was nights and weekends to begin because I didn't want to leave my, my job, uh, you know, my very secure VA job to, to go back into the startup world. And so, you know, I told him, unless we got funding, would I leave? And I anticipated, you know, we, we came up with the idea in April 2016. So I anticipated maybe in a year, a year and a half of, you know, kind of going through maybe initial stages of a, of a prototype to test. But we ended up getting funding a lot faster than that. So I actually ended up leaving and going full time by the end of, of 2016. So six months later, essentially. Did you ever feel like, you know, when you were talking to other founders and you like weren't kind of like full time yet, that there was some sense of, you know, hesitancy because jumping with both feet in last time had some, you know, some disastrous effects at the time, but really, you know, kind of served as a critical learning point for you. The decision was made was really behind me realizing how much I love starting companies and that, you know, this is what I really love doing and this is what I wanted to do versus, you know, working in, in a corporate setting. I think when I figured that out and how much I loved it and what aspects of it did I love, there was definitely fear of, you know, reliving the, the past, but you know, I'd never worked for a company, had a company where I was raising money. And, you know, we had a, a good amount of money come in that I was naively th thinking it, was, it would be enough. <laughs> um, and so, and so I think that that's really what, what got me over the hump was, was the funding that we received, um, as well as just like realizing with myself, like this is, I love, this is, I love doing this. How did you go about funding? It was family and friends in the beginning. So, it was between between my co-founder and I, basically. And was there a moment there where, you know, you kind of looked at your family and friends and had to kind of say, this is important to me. I need to do this. This is, a, you know, an obvious clear market. I see the need for this. We just need kind of the money to start. Uh, and you, you get any pushback or feedback or any folks that are kind of not willing to, uh, to write those checks? Family that invested, um, specifically my parents, I actually didn't want their money. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know if I, I, I want to take from my, my own parents. But, you know, they insisted they wanted to be a part of this. I think they saw them as well as our friends and family, as our other friends um, that came in early, knew, know Josh and I personally and have seen us execute. And, and at the same time, most of them understood the industry and the problem we were solving as well and what that, what that impact could be. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, so your parents literally invested in your startup? They weren't like the biggest investors or anything, but, you know, and, and they saw me struggle, you know, go broke with my first two. And throughout like the idea of starting up again, even when I was working with the VA, you know, they were both like, are you sure you want to be doing this again? But, you know, when I sat them down and I explained why I was leaving and what, what we were doing, I guess they're they're like they knew I wouldn't be doing this unless I knew I could you know bring it somewhere right this time <laughs> or hope to and so they you know they wanted to be supportive and, and be part of it and I'm I'm privileged that they have the resources to be able to do so. I mean that probably comes with an additional burden, right? Is like that type of investment is completely different from the 10x investor investment. I would have, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I go home, you know. When I go home or I'm hanging out with Josh's parents, it's, 
not all fun and games, right? It's I know there's going to be expectation of, of talking about where the company is, and although I enjoy giving them the updates, and we are you know com- obviously completely transparent with them as investors,、uh, but they've been nothing but supportive even through the times that we were we were struggling. We were just super, super lucky、um, to have them to have them in this. What were some of the challenges? Like you know, now you're at the point where you've raised more money. You know that there's a crystal clear need in the market. You're out talking to customers every day and and building that product for them.、Um, was there a moment where you kind of realized like, hey, this is happening. This is working. We know where we need to go, and it's starting to get a little bit of traction here. I'm building a, a two sided marketplace essentially, right? And so, on one side, the aha moment or realizing that we were of use to tenants, we weren't putting really anything into marketing. Yet we were getting all of these people somehow finding our website and telling us how much they loved our website because we actually show about how much they should pay, as well as like other information that's helpful to them. So that started happening towards the fall of last year. Really started picking up, and then the beginning of this year, January. We like had like two hundred over two hundred percent growth on the on the people coming to our site, and and essentially you know being leads that we're matching with our customers. So that was that was super exciting to see that. Okay, I mean despite some times when we were we thought we were going to run out of money, you know that gut check to me was always like I know this is something that people need and they're they're telling us that they want it. On the other side of the coin. The realization of as, as far as like a, a business go, like go to market and、um, how do we make money, right?、Uh, I was I'm not making money. I mean I'm making money indirectly from tenants coming to me, but I essentially、uh, you know make money from、uh, stakeholders of commercial real estate like agents and, and ownership groups who、uh, who give me their information to get their buildings marketed、um, using our services. And so our initial assumption around go to market and and making money was was not correct. As we kind of kept on tweaking and testing how we could do this and re- figured out like how we wanted to an alternate solution, that was super exciting to get. And we're right now in the middle of you know our go to market strategy and constantly figuring out you know how do we make the sales process、uh, take as much friction as possible out of the sales process, and that's been super interesting and fun to see as well. It seemed like that was a winning strategy, and is something that is a lot of folks, you know, might not really do. Can you explain like how you built that stuff, why you built it, and why it was a priority? My co-founder and I, from a product roadmap, you know, knew that there were all of these tools that we could build out, you know, for free to make it for free for tenants that could help them out. The, the content overall. You know, it's for anyone out there that's that's looked for space. There's just there's not a lot of information. You don't even know what triple net means. The listings are very much in commercial real estate vernacular, so it was important to us to write a guide that walked them through. We actually started with a whole ebook. So, but we realized that not a lot of people want to download an ebook, which is why we condensed it to the ten steps. And when you look at like Zillow, the whole How did they get organically to that, you know, to where they are on that first page? You know, when you're searching for a house, and the answer was content. Content was king, and they had all of this type of content. And so, when we realized that, that's when we started really pushing out, you know, an education center, 
you know, the, the content around the tools and whatnot was really behind kind of researching how other companies did it. How do you kind of go above and beyond for your customers? We like to say, and, and you're talking right now to customer service for Tenavox, by the way. And what we like to say on the customer service team is we want to end with a thank you. And we always want to respond uh, because that was the biggest frustration with uh, with when I looked, no one answered their calls. No one, there were no websites with chat bots at the time. And even today, I mean, you have no idea how many people come to us and are just like happy that we answer on our chat bot or we end up giving them a call and, you know, giving them tips. And that's really what we feel. We just going above and beyond and getting that thank you and just knowing that you help tenants out. I think from a personal standpoint, Josh and I can, ha- can have like really hard days but at the end of it, if it ends with talking to a tenant and them saying, you know, appreciative of us helping them and giving them information, it, it totally changes everything. It makes us super excited. I love that you did customer support and you continue to do customer support. Do you have like a methodology or a mindset around that of like, hey, I want to do it until we're at X number of customers or, or how long? Is it just about learning and growing? Is it about, you know, you figuring out how to do it right before you scale it to other employees? Like, what, why are you doing that? I think uh, one of the lessons I'd put out there to listeners starting their own business is don't hire more than you need. I think one of the mistakes that we made early on was, you know, this time last year, I would have hired like a customer service person, even like an intern to do this. And what you find is you get disconnected. You learn so much as, you know, a founder when you're talking directly to the people using your site. And obviously that's, you know, where we talk to them the most is through our website. And so that's one of the reasons it's it's important to me personally um, that we know what they're going to ask and, and how they're feeling about us and any improvements that we can make firsthand. Number two, from a standpoint of just, just resources, I guess in the back of my head, when I, when I can't handle or answer, you know, any on time or, you know, within a certain time frame, I think that's when we'll realize we need to hire someone on for it. But until then, you know, what we, we're doing internally, Josh and I, my, my co-founder is, is documenting, you know, as much as possible. So that's another thing I'd recommend to folks is, you know, if you're doing, when you're doing customer service yourself, Make sure you're documenting how you're responding, how, you know, how you're responding to people. For the most part, they end up asking a lot of the same questions and how you want to respond to those uh, is super important when, so that when you bring someone else on, there's a packet, like a learning packet ready for them and they can pretty much, you know, go out the gates pretty fast. Was there anything from your military background that helped you be a startup founder and entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the whole working under stressful conditions and making decisions, you know, when there's sometimes like not a lot of clarity in front of you, you know, as I found myself in the military sometimes was was great preparation, obviously from a leadership standpoint and building teams. And that's something I, I consistently evolve in personally is how do you, you know, how do you get the, the recruiting thing right? And how do you get the right people and set the culture for your team? And understanding the importance of culture and values, um, obviously something directly from the military that, that was super important to me when we started Tenavox. Culture, as well as processes, uh, you know, like I've just mentioned, documenting procedures and, and processes. There's not a shortage of training manuals in the military. How important is it to have a mission and a purpose for the company as you 
grow? It's everything is, is having that mission and purpose. Without it, you don't have a company um, and you won't want to wake up every day for it. That You need something to get you out of bed every day, whether you're selling insurance, whether, you know, starting an insurance company, starting a commercial real estate, whatever you're doing, um, you need to be able to make a connection. Personally, I feel like, you know, what are you doing for the greater good? And so I think having that purpose and, and mission, I know for myself, is, is the biggest thing. Marissa, this has been absolutely awesome. We'd love having you on. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, for, for anyone out there that uh, that's thinking about starting a business, I'm, you know, have Ian share my information. I'm more than happy to, to chat with anyone. Um, just like Ian said, no matter how many lessons learned or, or case studies you've read about other companies, it is a black box. It always is. And you're always going to run into things that you didn't anticipate. And just the importance of patience and understanding that when you're getting to your product market fit and all of that, that, that just takes time. It's always gonna take longer than you think typically. And so kind of setting that as an expectation when you're, when you're making the decision to, to live this lifestyle, as I call it. I love that, that's great advice. Thanks again and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you again to WeWork. Veterans and Residents is a partnership of WeWork and Bunker Labs. Veterans and Residents is a six-month startup incubator and leadership program that provides veteran and military family members the community, business support, and a workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. To learn more about WeWork and the Veterans and Residents program, visit we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans. Find your tribe, create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. This podcast was created by the team at Mission. If you want to hear more from Mission, be sure to check out mission.org. There's nothing small about your business. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors are ready to give you trusted advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored tech solutions like computers with Intel Core processors. Call 877 by dell to speak to an advisor today.